Hey everyone, welcome to the show, and thanks for tuning in. This episode of the podcast is with Matt Skirky and Matt Purcell yet again. We talk about the last episode and a lot more. Matt Purcell went on a tear about the umbers, and it's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we just did a full recap on episode one of season eight, and I hope you all enjoy. Have fun. We're back. We are back. Matthew Skirky and Matt Purcell are with me yet again. On a fine Easter Sunday. It's not, yeah. it's not snowing this time. Happy Easter to everybody. Uh, <laughs> happy Easter, gentlemen. To those of you who uh, don't uh, celebrate Easter, happy day. <laughs> happy Thrones Day. Happy Thrones Day. So... Uh, so much happened in our last first episode. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> we had show. to um, we had to come back. We kind of had to to um recharge the the batteries of yep. Game of Thrones uh, after you know a year plus hiatus of the show. Um, I know personally for myself, I uh, I felt very behind the 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 eight ball for the past few weeks and months um with us preparing for this right this podcast um i just felt like i hadn't been keeping up with with a lot of the things and i had forgotten a lot of you know like uh um i don't know some of the more obscure facts and 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 things that i've come across in my learnings um, but you know, obviously we, we were able to discuss things last week and we were able to go into some pretty deep conversation. Um, you know, and, and then last week we got a, we got a new episode, man. And, you know, I've, I've heard mixed reviews out on the, in the internets. I, okay. Yeah, some people, some people don't appreciate it, but no. It's, it's really it's, weird. They were like, "It is kind of no, weird." Nothing happened. I'm like, like do you, "What do you do, mean?" Do you understand happened? all the interactions between the people happened? That's, yeah, that's we a needed big deal. we needed everybody to meet, and of course, we our first meeting is John and Bran, who hadn't seen each other since John left, which is amazing. And Bran was asleep. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was before John left. It was, you know, it was yeah. uh it was essentially in the show it was at the, at the at, feast at, at the at feast. the at the at the royal feast at Winterfell. Well, we don't because, even know that because John was outside. Well, that's true. Practicing. Yeah, that's true. So it was before it was uh it was before the feast it was when they were shooting when they were shooting arrows. Yeah. And Arya uh shot the shot, shot the arrow from behind them. Yeah. But um but yeah, I mean you know, and the the thing that's kind of really irking me, I guess, is how weird Bran is. And I know that he's supposed to be kind of strange, and you know, a, a little, more, and he's supposed to be a lot more distant and everything. Right. But I don't know. It's it's a mix between that part of the character and then the actor who plays him. Yeah. Just grew up to not be 
that good looking person. <laughs> you know, and that that's kind of a problem. <laughs> He's just got a goofy look to him, man. Matt Purcell laid down the gauntlet. I, you know what though? Like I don't know. My mom, my mom kind of conditioned me for this my whole life. And uh, growing up, there would always be like a child actor, like say Macaulay Culkin. You know, like he was super cute. Now in my now in my adult years, looking back at like the Home Alone yeah. movies, you're like that kid is super cute. Yeah. And then they like grow up, and it's not their fault. You know, right. a lot of times they're growing up in the public eye, like Sophie Turner who plays Sansa Stark, and Maisie yeah. Williams who plays Arya, and you know Isaac. Helmstead Wright or whatever his name is who plays Bran you know these kids have grown up in the public eye so all of their awkward teenage years are now something that that you're you're seeing on a regular basis and Mm -hmm. for for the actor who plays Bran it's like he grew up he had this awkwardness to him as a teenager and then it's like now he's in his like late teens early 20s and you're just kind of like you most likely look like every other 19, 20 year old, you know, tall bean post kind of kid. But because you're on Game of Thrones and it's my favorite show, you're goofy and it makes your, you look goofy and it makes your character look weird. So I don't know. I'm, I, I he don't looks know. like he reads books. Dude, it's the, it's the, and I, and I saw a, um, I saw him say this in an interview uh, this past week. I guess he wears glasses uh, okay. full, full time. Yeah. And on the show, he takes his glasses off. So when he gets that like squinty eyed, like far off <laughs> look, he said that it's because he can't see anything. <laughs> so he it's said he like had me in real life going to the gym. I just take my glasses off and I'm squinting at people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said that he. Um, he had a scene with Sansa, and after the scene, she was like, oh, my God, you know, like, that was so great or something like that. And she's like, how did you get this idea? And he's like, I just can't see anything or something <laughs> like that. That's funny. Um, I think, you know, we'll just go, I think, I think Bran's still inside. Well, we were talking about that the yeah, other day. Yeah, we were talking about there's that. There's a sense of urgency as the Three-Eyed Raven, but there's also some Yeah, but there's still, yeah. Bran is and... He's he's in there just due to the fact that I know we're going to hop to the end of the episode here, but I'm sorry. It's probably the most important thing that's about to happen in the next episode. Well, they left on a cliffhanger, of course. Right, and they always leave on those stupid cliffhangers. Um, <laughs> Bran and Jamie make eye contact for the first time since Jamie shoved him out of the window. Not only that, Bran said that he was waiting for um, a friend. Yeah, he's waiting for an old friend. Which which entails that Bran's still in there and holds <coughs> holds it against Jamie in a sense. He might. He might. Yeah, as as Bran, or maybe as the Three Eyed Raven, right. he doesn't care. No. Or maybe he's thankful for what he did because it led him on the path of being the Three Eyed Raven. We don't know. I think he's. I think he's thankful. Yeah. I think that if anything, he's going to have a more positive outlook on. The entire situation of Jamie pushing him out the window as a child because Bran realizes the importance of who he is now as the Three-Eyed Raven. Yeah. And he realizes that without the events that led him to, you know, the the Weirwood Tree north of the wall, 
he would never be the three-eyed raven that he, he is he now. He never and worked in his sleep. I, I actually didn't associate Bran saying, I'm waiting for an old friend with Jamie until like my second viewing. Um, initially, when he said that, I thought that he was talking to Samwell about Samwell. So, because like Sam, you know, Sam came out of the library in Winterfell after having that interaction with Daenerys and, and Jorah, which I don't know, it, that whole thing was kind of strange to me because how did he, why did he have so much? I don't know why. I don't know why he had so much emotion for his father. I know he had more emotion for his brother. If you watch him, he kind of before she says, before he asks about his brother, he like has this like quick little moment of accepting that his father's dead because he knows. Yeah, his father died in an honorable way. He didn't really like his father too much, so he had to die because he was against mm-hmm. the new queen. Right. Now, obviously, when he finds out... It's, it's amazing how we got that one little relationship and it ended in a matter of two minutes. Right. It was it started, it ended, because now Sam has a little resentment towards Danny. Right. Which is going to create a little bit of friction. Which is funny because... Danny, Danny and John. This whole interaction <laughs> was set up from uh, season seven when Sam was at the Citadel. Remember when Sam was at the Citadel and he was like, he was attending to the Grand Grand Maester's chambers while the Grand Maester was sitting with like seven or eight other Maesters at a table and they were all talking about, you know, they were they were talking about, oh, I mean, they were essentially mocking Raven Scrolls that they have gotten from the north of like, oh, you know, they're saying that there's the dead are coming and all of this. They were basically saying, like, yeah, these northerners, they're they're crazy, you know. Um, and when Sam, you know, because Sam, Sam, like, threw it out there and he, he basically, like, told the maesters that they were all full of shit. Um, but so when he, left. when he, yeah, when he left, the one of the other maesters turned to him and he's like, is that the Tarly boy? Does he know that his father and brother have been killed? Yeah. And the Grand Maester was like, I haven't had the heart to tell him. So they've set that up to have that type of reaction in this eighth season now. Um, probably knowing that they were going to get some type of one-on-one interaction or, you know, if Sam would open. You know, I always I always imagine that Sam was going to overhear it somewhere either on the road or... I thought too, but just having that face-to-face confrontation and the fact that Jorah was there too was was interesting because, I mean, Sam saved Jorah's life, yeah. and Jorah is in love with Daenerys, and yeah. he's like her sworn sword. Yeah, sworn sword. So it's just all these set pieces of characters who who are friends, and they've all done each other things to each other in in some way, shape, or form, and it's all just kind of coming full circle. And yeah, and. St- yeah, it's just sad because he just he starts so quirky. He's like, "Oh, your grace." Yeah, yeah. He's all like, "Hey, he's how's it going?" Sam, and then it just gets out of control. Yeah, and, and then you just, just feel really bad. Right. So, what about Danny and Sansa? It's a second interaction. I, you guys saw the video. It is a second interaction the, that happened. The thing that, that I, I I didn't actually get a chance to even watch it. I just saw it and sent it. Um, but the interaction between 
Cersei and Sansa um, in the very first season, and then yep. how it's mirrored pretty much with Daenerys and Sansa, yeah, and how um, obviously Sansa's much older and much more wiser, so she has a mm-hmm. she has an understanding for how people play the game, right? So she's yeah, but not the thing with into the, it, she's not right. into she's, Daenerys. She's not into Daenerys, but the weird part is that Danny's all about breaking the wheel. She doesn't want to play the game anymore, and that's uh-huh. why she's so upfront with everybody. She's done playing the game that everybody's playing. Every booty. Where am I from? The North. Every booty. <laughs> everybody uh, want, everybody's playing this stupid game, and Sansa's playing the game. Arya is definitely playing the game of faces. Let's just be honest here. John's not playing the game either. John doesn't appreciate the game at all. I don't. I don't think most of our main pivotal care. No, actually, all of our pivotal characters like to play the game. Besides our two favorite people. <laughs> yeah. They they aren't playing no game. They're like we got the people that we got the whole problem to the north, and everybody's worried about who's got power in the south. And. Yeah. Well, you know, I I don't, I don't know how much, of the game. Well, John, John's obviously not playing the game in the traditional sense, but he is playing some sort of game. He's playing the game of, you know, having to gather support from his bannermen, you know, trying to gather support from people from from southern armies, right? Things like that. You know, he's playing more of like a, a, a strategic arm army game. Mm-hmm. Daenerys is playing a game. She's playing a game as much as she wants to break the wheel. She has to play the game because in Westeros, the only ally that she currently has is the North. She doesn't have anyone else. That's a very rigid, right? Alliance. And 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 they and they said it's that very in rickety. the you know we watched the inside the or behind the scene or, or I'm sorry behind inside, the, the, inside episode. the episode. That's what they call it. Um, we watched that immediately after the episode ended. Um, and, you know, one of the things that they said was that you can see how the Northerners, not John and Sansa and Arya and Bran, but the, the people, the small folk, you yeah. know, the, the, the people in Wintertown and the people surrounding the, um, the castle as they mm-hmm. were as the army was coming into Winterfell, um, they were looking skeptical. Yeah, they they you know and it, and it was like put it in today's like society kind of thing. Yeah. There was racism, there was skepticism, yeah. there was uncertainty, there was you know there were all these things because there Doubt. was there was one there was one point in time where. Grey Worm and Masande were riding next to each other and they rode past a group of, um, you know, northern common folk. And just because their skin is darker, you saw those people, <laughs> you saw those people like, like staring at them, not knowing what to do. And I think that that's a, you know, that's a, um, it's a very, uh, what's the word? It's a very like, real reaction. You know, if you were to go to um, anywhere where someone was vastly outnumbered due to a physical attribute, right? you would be 
you would, you know, if you were that person who who was different, you would feel like you didn't belong. Right. And if you were on the other side of it, you would look at it as like, I've never seen that before. Like kind of like, kind of like amazed and confused at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but that being said, it's like John says it at a certain point. He says, you know, the North is, is tough. You know, the, the, the Northerners aren't very quick to embrace someone different or, or, Someone not of the north, you, need to you earn, know. You need to earn their. You respect. need to earn their respect, and you, you know, you, and and they're 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 tough. And Davos even says it, you know, and maybe not in this episode, but he said it in the past, and he's like, you know, the no- the northerners are tough bastards, and and yeah. things like that, you know, like they're just they're they're, they're tough as hard goats. people. They're yeah, they're they're they they don't they don't buy into all the the flash and 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 you know drama and all of that like they would in the south per se um you know so and and that and that being said it's like they did a really good job the the creators and the filmmakers did a great job of kind of squashing all of that right then and there like they gave you that little hint of like the I don't want to call it racism, but it is, but it is like the uncomfort because someone's different. Like yeah. you got that, and you, like I, I watched it a second time throughout the week, and I like I started to like kind of cringe when that happened because yeah. I was like, oh man, like we don't we don't want that shown to us. And on the other hand, you know, this show is all about showing you the nastiness and reality of, of real hum- life. Yeah, of humans. Right? Of human interact human interaction. Especially in a world like that. In our world, obviously racism is yeah. bad everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they the 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 show quickly squashed all of that yeah. because right after you get that like oh this uncomfortable feeling all of a sudden these two dragons just yeah like fly <laughs> over the town and everyone's like holy shit i loved we had two we had two we got two reactions which i was super happy about we got sansa's reaction where she had her oh fuck moment she was like oh Oh, and then she goes straight deadpan face, like she's taking everything seriously at that point. Kind of like Arya. what, kind of like what Cersei did after when uh, the Hound kicks the White Walker over and he attacks her. She's freaked the crap out in the beginning, and then once it's taken care of, she just turns deadpan and she's like, "I'm, it's game time right now." She's playing chess. Yeah, she's playing chess the whole time. Sansa's doing the same, but Arya was just amazed, and she just has that smile, and she's like. Yes, <laughs> I wanted to see that. She's my like all of us. Uh-huh. She's just how like any it. of us would react if we actually saw that in real life. Be like, yeah. And all the town, all the town <laughs> people are pumped. running around screaming and shit. You're yeah. just like, oh, okay. So after we meet, after Sansa and Danny have their little moment, that's where we were. Brand's like, we don't have time for. Yeah, this. we don't have time for this. We don't have time for any of your games. We don't wall. have we time go. for any conversations. We gotta. Figure it out. We got to do it now. And let's get there. And then... The cool thing is that, at least I think, is that... um, I'm forgetting their names. Tormund and... um, What's the other guy's name? Beric Dondarrion. Yeah, Beric Dondarrion (laughs) and Tormund just don't realize that um, Winterfell has Bran to see for them. So they, they think they're in... 
they really need to get going to Winterfell to, to warn them. So uh, yeah. there's there's that dynamic, and they obviously already took over Last Hearth. Last Hearth is done. Dude, for. that that was very disappointing to me. Like, I don't know. I really enjoyed. I've I've enjoyed the Umbers, like the the three characters who have played the Umbers throughout the course of the eight seasons of the show. Big John, Small John, Big, and Ned. Yeah, Big John was awesome back Big in like John. the early days. Yeah. Didn't he get his arm? No, he got his fingers chewed fingers off, chewed off by, yeah. by Grey Wind <laughs> yeah. because he, he insulted Rob at like a feast as uh-huh. they were getting ready to prepare for, for battle. And John had named Galbert Glover as the, um, the leader of the vanguard. Yeah, and Big John Umber was like a Glover, a Glover leading the vanguard. Super. Salty. It'll be a cold day in hell before a Umber follows a Glover in the vanguard. And he said something about uh, Rob being so green that he pisses grass. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing you know, um, Rob said something about like he said something about. Oh, you're so green. Do you need me to cut your meat for you? <laughs> and Rob stood up, and Grey Wind jumped on the table and lunged at uh, Big John and bit off his fingers. And Big John gets up and he goes, Your meat is bloody tough. <laughs> and like from there, he was cool with everything and he just followed, you know, followed suit. But in the books, Big John Umber was such a massive man and he's such a huge part of their fighting a, a, a part of uh the north's way of fighting it was said that big john umber could take on like part of a, a part of an army all by himself kind of Yikes. thing he was he he was said to have and i know i said this the other day but he was said to have to have giant's blood in his veins yeah which made him huge last hearth is the it, it's called last hearth for a reason a hearth is the the footing of a fireplace. Yep. Um, and by calling their castle the last hearth, that basically meant that they were the, the Umbers home ancestral home was the last house before the gift, which was a swath of land that went from uh, coastline to coastline in the North um, that was gifted to the Night's Watch so the Night's Watch could hunt and farm and, and do all of these things. And there were people like Ollie's family um, were, were from a tribe, not, not like the hill tribes or anything like that, no, but, but they, they were like, in the gift. They, they were like small folk and they lived in the gift. And th- what they did was they basically farmed the land and hunted on the land. And then they would, you know, donate some of the stuff that they harvested and, and uh, hunted to the Night's Watch because yeah. of that for like, payment for letting for allowing them to live on the gift which is night's watch land um so the last hearth and the small folk in that area would then also be umber folk you know because that would be the fir- that would be the nearest castle and all of that so what happened is that the last hearth being right there and it was it was weird i watched the opening credits like 3 times partly because they were brand new, and I just wanted to see all the nuances and details, and also because I love seeing the new castles that they put in there because you know if there's a new castle, they're most likely going to be in that place, and if not, then you're going to get 
interaction from those characters from that place. So, you know, I thought that that was really cool to see um, Ned Umber kind of stand up for himself. Yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, you know, he was called. Yeah, Lord. He, he was called upon, and he and he stood up in front of Sansa and John and Daenerys, and he said, "Like, we need more wagons and horses." Yeah, you know, and he he basically told them the truth of the matter, mm-hmm. and then when they said, when Sansa said, "You know, take what you need," yep. or "We'll supply what we can," or something like that, um, you know, he walked out, head held high, and everything, and yeah. and you know, it was unfortunate to to then get the immediately following scene of of the last hearth being you know desolate and all of that kind of stuff i sent you guys the poster that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that game of thrones commission i love that they do that yeah uh, there's a, a visual artist who does these posters who's really really good and um all the little nuances in that poster are amazing yeah. did you see the car stark sigil in the yeah, background yeah, yeah, yeah. and then in ned umber's face uh there was one side was fire and the other side was ice yeah um, but anyways, you know, like Ned Umber and the Umber family has fallen to the Night King. Now, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be an Umber left over, like if an Umber made it to uh, Winterfell and, and they'll be able to I, further I, the line. I doubt it. Because that would be, that would really like... Are we going north anymore? Like, I don't <laughs> think I don't think we're going north anymore, but I'm just saying like right. after after the long night... You know, hopefully, if people are still living, yeah. you know, the Umbers have been around for centuries. Right. You know, they're well. See, that's the. I mean, I guess that's where we can kind of tie in the demise of everybody, and give us that whole. <coughs> give us the feeling that we're losing everybody. Well, we've already the, lost. It's, major it's what houses, the Night King not necessarily to the Night King, but I think that. Oh I, yeah. I think that houses are going away. Well, Tyrell's gone. Tyrell's Obviously. gone, and Lannister's going to be Martell's gone. Martell's gone as well. Martell and Dorn. Yeah. yeah. So, the with Last Hearth, I don't know if the whole army came through. The whole army would have destroyed the whole freaking place because they have giants. The giants would just knock down walls and just. Well, we didn't see the whole. I mean, we just saw. I'm pretty sure that was the whole thing. We saw a lot of it, maybe, but right. Yeah, but Last Hearth is also a small castle. Right, right. It's not a very big. It's more. It's like they've called it a castle or a fortress, right. but it's really a holdfast. Like right. it's a small place. It's not very right because so they they're so far north. It's it's kind of like in present day world, like you know how like Montana and Wyoming are like yeah. huge swaths of land. Right, but there's they're you know, not really populated. I think it's, I think it's just, I don't think the whole army probably went there just because there's so many of them and only mm, a thousand of them needed to go through last heart just to end it just because of how little people we have. left. Oh, you mean the, the, the night army? Yeah. The King army. Yeah. I mean, probably, I don't know. I mean, obviously we didn't see that The thing is, the thing is the last time we saw the, the army of the dead, they were walking through the wall and they were, it was, it was almost as if they were walking in like, a single file line. Yep. You know, so the army of the dead are not free thinkers. No. You know, like they they do what the Night King and the lieutenants of the Night King right. order them to do. And, you know, they're not talking. It's not like it's not like you're gonna get a behind the scenes like strategic plan of what the Night King's gonna do. No. It's like the Night King just says, do that. 
like move. Yeah, he just he doesn't, point, he, he doesn't just even points. yeah he doesn't even say anything. He just gestures in a in a direction yeah. or something like that. A very ominous gesture. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, for me personally, I find the Umber family to be very interesting. Um, even though Small John was a traitor, um, and yeah. he fought against Jon Snow and the Starks with Ramsay Bolton. Um, Gets his face sti- bit off by <laughs> Tormund. Yeah, right. I best. still thought he was a really cool and interesting character just because he did not give any fucks. Very similar to his father. Like, his father didn't give any fucks. Small John Umber didn't give any fucks. He brought you know, Rick on to Ramsey. And he brought the head of Shaggy Dog. Yeah. You know, and, he, and his response was basically like, I'm not going to fucking kneel to you. Right. You know, like that he he basically told Ramsey that to his face. And yeah. he was like, you know, at one point in time he was like he goes, I've been killing wildlings my whole life. I like killing wildlings. You know, because them being the first castle south of the wall, it's like any wildlings that make it over the wall or past the wall have to go through their land and you know, right. they're the first line of defense. And oftentimes, um, the Umbers have been called to Castle Black to help fight. Right. You know, um, but that being said, it's like that was such a small scene, like the Umber scene and stuff like that was so small. And I know that it was huge because it, you know, it um, it reunited Torment and Beric Dondarrion with Ed. Um, with Ed and the rest and, you know, and, and the guys from the Night's Watch and yeah. everything. Um, and, and, and they're now all able to kind of ride together and get to Winterfell before the army of the dead. Right. But that being said, it was so, it was such a small part of the episode that it's like, you know, I'm kind of going on a tear because I just enjoy that house, the Umber house. But I, you know, there were so many other things and I thought it was weird that, you know, with again, spoilers, um, with Ned, Ned Umber, being you know crucified crucified <laughs> on the wall and all right. that all the arms and everything and we know that you know the um the night king does this artistic we got some static everybody what's happening i don't know what's happening oh my gosh it's me yeah Well, you know, so we, <laughs> sorry, everybody, we got technical difficulties again. I don't even know if, if people could hear it, like if, if they're going to hear it in the episode. Sounds like we were getting taken over. Okay, so it's this mic. Hmm. Interesting. Good thing we got another one. All right, so. You know, I think we need to move forward from the. Yeah, you were, you went on a tear. I, I did go on a tear, and I apologize. That's that's on me. Um, you know, one of the things that I was gonna talk about earlier when we were discussing the interaction between Sansa and Daenerys was. Um, there we go. All right. Why don't we scoot back in business? I'll figure that one out later. So. The, the the interaction between Daenerys and um and Sansa is is a funny one for me because Sansa 
you know, she she comes across as cold, and I get that. She's super cold, but she learned but she learned all that from three different people. But she learned not... it from Cersei, Littlefinger, and Tyrion. No, no, I get I get that. And I understand where she has learned this, you know, this strategic um <laughs> she she's learned up. she's learned this strategic way of going about um, playing this game, and I and I get that, and it's a very southern thing for her to do. But she's back home, and she's now like adopting more northern traits. And I think her coldness and her standoffishness is not so much her, you know, her her using the game that she that she's been playing as much as it is um, that she is. A northerner, and she's distrusting of all of this. And everyone's pissed off at John for for um, renouncing his throne or his his crown. So, um, you know, I th- I know that she's pissed off at John for that, and also the the Liana Mar- Mormont. Uh, quote was great like yeah. when she stood up and she you know and she was like you left the king and you came back uh i don't, I don't know, know what, what you, to call yeah, you yeah, you know yeah. she's like are you a lord are you so i love the john snow and you know and and i thought we were gonna possibly get some type of interaction and we might still get some type of interaction between liana mormont and jorah mormont you know and in that i'm there gonna will, there will be i'm gonna predict that Liana Mormont is going to treat Jorah Mormont like a bitch because he's dis- he dishonored their family. I, I don't think, think she's going to I think if we get the interaction this episode coming up, yes, just due to the fact that she's not all of, she's not about the whole Danny situation. Well, that at and all. that and, and John surrendering his throne to this but, woman. But Jorah also brought dishonor to the Mormont family. So, you know, so for Liana to be like, oh, cousin, right. I don't think we're going to get that. I think no, we're, we're going to get, get her that. being like, you're a fucking traitor to our family. You right. know, you deserve. You're lucky you're protected by this dragon queen, or else I'd cut you your deserve, fucking head off. Right you deserve now. what what Ned Stark right. wanted to give you because you know you broke the law and you ran away like a bitch. Yeah, you know, and I mean Jorah knows it. You know that's why obviously when John was trying to give him Longclaw back, he was like, "No, I don't deserve it. It's not my sword. Yeah, it's yours." Not, yeah, my father gave it to you. I, I, <laughs> we could talk about we can. What do you think about Danny and Sansa? Where are you at with that? Skirky. I think that there's going to be some interactions between how they want stuff. I mean, obviously we heard what Sansa thinks of the dragons. Like, what do you even feed dragons? And then Daenerys is sharp with it back. And she's like, whatever they want. (laughs) Super sharp. Super to the point. And she's speaking with Jon about it. Like, I don't think your sister likes me. And yeah. They start talking about it. It's, it's it's the political moves, and now that John. Well, she comes to the point where she's like, "I don't want her to like me. It's it's not that's not yeah, what I I'm her see. Queen I'm her queen. She, she was, she was about to say me. something, and then you know, Dothraki came up and told her about the dragons, and she kind of got cut off on what she was going to yeah. say. So we don't know what she right. was insinuating, but obviously now with John being recognized by, or at least to himself, Egon Targaryen. Yeah. 
which he's completely in denial about. <laughs> he doesn't want any of that. I don't think he's in denial. I think he's just processing he the situation. He processing the situation. Yeah. But he was denying it in the process. And that's then who he is. He, he, wants to, to, he wants to not have to right. be I that like, way. I appreciate it in the scene how they're in the crypts. And the last time he saw Ned was when they were leaving. And he's like, I'll tell you about your mother. And then we start the scene off with him next to Ned. And we end the scene with him in front of Leanna. Yeah. They're just so good about those stupid little details. Set pieces. I know. They make the show. (laughs) Even the little looks that people give each other. Yeah, most definitely. But So let's talk about the Hound and Arya. You're a cold still, little bitch, aren't you? Still have you? the same relationship that they've always had. There's I love no, when he's no like, you left heaven. me to die. Yeah. She's like, I robbed you first. It <laughs> <laughs> was too good. Well, they're a comedic duo, and they've also oh, experienced so much stuff together. Yeah. He basically... Had to be a father figure. Yeah, for, he was yeah, her, her father figure in the most f- fucked up sense. Her but he basically raised her to take care of herself and... Yeah. and fight and do whatever you have to do to survive right. and fuck other people it's your life <laughs> like nobody's gonna come save you nobody cares yeah and she took a lot of that obviously she's not as demented as the hound she wasn't <laughs> scarred as a child by her older brother and I mean, she might be a little more demented well she's had yeah a list. She, she's, she's she has a list she's he's got w- he's one. got one list dude he's got one name on that list and that that name is coming <laughs> I think, the I think it's going to happen. It's gonna, it, they have to give, us, they have to give it but to us. But it's like what I was saying the other day when I think that the forces from the South, so the Golden Company, the Lannister Army, yeah. and the North is going to have to retreat. I think they're doomed at Winterfell. I they don't are think doomed that, I, don't, I don't think that there is any chance of them holding or because nobody understands what's coming. The only person that knows what's coming is basically everybody that went North. So Jorah, Jon... Tormund, Beric Dondarrion, Gendry, Gendry. Ver- Gendry very slightly. He only saw... He only saw the he dead. Saw, he saw he the didn't see the it. army. He didn't see the army. He didn't right. see the Night King. Um, and that's... The, Daenerys. Yeah, Daenerys understands yeah. what is coming, but as for the armies, like the Unsullied and the Dothraki, you think they have any idea what's coming? Yeah, but they're crazy people. They well, are... Yeah. <laughs> the Dothraki but are crazy you, you people. You can be a crazy person all you want. You see an army of undead things. I mean, the Dothraki, right. th- this is that the first time that the Dothraki such, are on yeah. in Westeros. So they're used to fighting knights and fighting for glory. But now it's more of a fight for survival. Right. And they Doth- move so... The the way they depict the army of the dead, it's like watching uh, Dawn of the Dead. How quickly all the people and, you know... I, yeah, they're very sharp and Dawn of the Dead or Walking Dead? Dawn of the Dead. Well, you've never seen Dawn of the Dead. I've never seen Dawn of the Dead or Walking Dead. Oh, that's well, that's okay. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead is just another zombie movie, but it's one of those zombie movies where the zombies oh, move I, really quick. I think I did see it's that the, in the mall where they're in the mall the whole. No, time. I saw the one with Will Smith. Never mind. Oh, they basically that's basically what it is. They and I saw the one with Brad Pitt, World War Z. It's basically like that. Like okay. they have a case of the rabies, but they're just like superhuman fast. Oh, okay. okay. With like how they move, and they're just yeah. like they're really in a frantic mood. What I was gonna say about about the Dothraki though is that the Dothraki have never fought in cold weather, mm-hmm. 
So this is going to be a completely different type of fighting for them, you know, yeah, like the terrain's different. The, yeah, the terrain's different, the weather's different, riding horses in the snow is different, you know, like when the Dothraki swamped the Lannister army at the <laughs> at the loot train. Um we'll call it that obliteration. Yeah, it was just I mean <laughs> Yeah, feel the fire 2.0. Yeah. Um so when that happened, you know, they were in the south of Westeros, which is a very sunny, warm weather, you know, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, the sun and the, and the snow hadn't fallen. Right. right the yet. snow hadn't started falling yet. And so the Dothraki were kind of in their element at that moment yeah. in time. You know, there are colder places in Esteros, like when you go up north and Bravos isn't the most like it's not it's not like a uh tropical place or anything mm-hmm. like that you know bravos if you were to draw a line from bravos you know west you would basically end up in the north but the way that it's depicted it's depicted as if they um they're they're constantly in like a sunny warm weather climate yeah. but i don't think that that's necessarily true uh because they are at the bravos is at the top of the continent of mm-hmm. Estos or Essos. So the Dothraki have been in like colder climates and everything, and they have gone through they've gone through mountains and, and higher elevations and things like that. So I don't think that they're completely unprepared for no, cold they're weather. Not, they're not screwed. Right. They're just, but they're not that's not the they're way at a that disadvantage. They, the way that they typically fight, you know, and, and their style of fighting is very like you know, I, I'm going to say acrobatic, but it's not like acrobats. It's just, you know, they stand up on their horses. They'll jump off of horses. They'll, oh, they're you know, ready to die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, you know, it's, it's it's kind of like a kamikaze yeah. mentality of like, you know, I'll die for the honor of my tribe or my family or whatever, which right. which is is cool in a certain sense. It's also they all want another. Insane. They all want another knock. Yeah. On their hair. Right. <laughs> they all want another but knock the, on their. The whole tail. the whole interaction between the Hound and Arya, I thought, was really cool because you have three of these characters all in the same place. You know, the Hound comes down because he wanted this axe. He wanted Gendry to make this axe for him out of dragon glass. Because he's the Undertaker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys said that last time, and no one like went any further about what the Undertaker is. Oh, so yeah. for, for people who listen yeah. to this podcast and they, they've only watched the show, they don't know what the Undertaker is. And the show has... The show... Kind of gave us a little bit of the Undertaker with that whole scene of of yeah, the him. Hound not being, you know, not fighting uh, right. and work, working with the um, the Just the, the small folk and building that sept and all of that kind of stuff. You know that that whole storyline there in what season was that season six or season, season seven? six? Yeah, okay, season six. So from from my understanding of the Undertaker storyline was after the hound was left for dead he was you know basically nursed back to health and he became yeah. the undertaker and it was and and he just lived as the undertaker he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't named Sandor Clegane or the hound right. or anything like that and he did walk around with an axe they got that part he wa- he part. walked around with an axe and he did have some like you know no one no one is talking about how he no longer walks with a limp limp 
Right. Remember, remember after he got fucked up and, and yeah. Arya left him for dead, and then like the next he season got he over showed, it. He Quit showed your up. Yeah. The, <laughs> next, the next season he showed up and he was talking to the talking to the guy and mm. you know they were working on that sept and everything and he was like limping around and now all yeah. of a sudden he doesn't have a limp anymore and you're like oh there's no time for there's limping no, there's no time for limping <laughs> there's no time for limping anymore <laughs> I. Yeah, I I, th- I think that was just I I thought that was a nice subtle scene that they were that we needed just to kind of have a little closure with those two because obviously, where they're gonna find each other on the battlefield at some point. Yeah, but, but it opens up a relationship yeah, with Adrian Arya too because oh, they've, they've yeah. also been. Through how about the a little? How about a little marrying our houses? Well, I think oh. I th- I think he's a Baratheon. I think the way that. I ha- we were talking about it last night, where I think both him and John are clearly we not talked bastards. About that. We they're, talked they're, about they're, that theory on the last episode, right? Okay, I think so. Yeah, I believe so. I believe I said about, the Gendry theory. Yeah, with uh, Cersei. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did, I did. And cool. Kind of touched on it. You earlier. can go back to that episode, everybody. Wink. Yeah, but it it makes sense that you know potentially Gendry and Arya would maybe survive, and then they have their own houses, or they are Baratheon, and yeah. I don't know. I, I like that their dynamic has changed from like honest friendliness to like thinking each other as, you know. Oh, they were flirting. They yeah. were having a little exactly. tit tat. Yeah. And then uh-huh. when when she's he's like, Oh, I just knew you were another rich girl. She's like, You don't know any rich girls. <laughs> he's like Bam walks away, does a little <laughs> spin around with the hay and walks out of the room. I'm more curious about her little weapon. Yeah. What do we feel about that? Because that thing looks like it's either a shooting, a little like shooter, a little pea shooter, or it just comes a, comes apart and she can like hide it and like kind of. There we go. Kind of bring it back to like put it back together. You know what I mean? It looks like she's gonna be able to shoot something out of it, and it obviously is dragon glass at the tip. So how I'm, effective is that gonna be though? What is she gonna use that on? Is she gonna use that on? Uh, um, one of the lieutenants. I don't fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I haven't really dug into it. I saw you that the, into what? I haven't dug into it either. Into, That's why into that, into Arya's weapon. I watched it twice and I couldn't really get a firm grasp on what it, it looked like. It kind it kind of looks like a harpoon of some sort, yeah. you know, like, like what, what, what Shane was just saying. Thing. Right. Yeah. Like a, like a, some type of shooting device yeah. or something. They're called ballistic knives. That's what they're called. Okay. Well, that's, gonna, that's like foreshadowing for something she's gonna yeah have to it's, shoot de- it's definitely gonna something. be it's definitely gonna be something but you know i saw like a video on youtube or something like that where they were like you know they someone did a, a pause and a close-up on the drawing and everything and they're trying to like Thank anticipate what it is i didn't watch the video i just saw like the 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 front clip you know like the little animation or the little no sound video like on the homepage. And I didn't want to go into it because I'm like, I don't want to see what that is because I want to be surprised and, and you pot- potentially it. like, you know, enamored by it and be like, oh my God, that's so cool if, if it's a real thing. Um, and maybe, maybe it's some type of like harpoon shooting spear kind of thing to take down the ice dragon. It might be. Because you have to think, you have to think that there is a... You sly son of a bitch. <laughs> I just thought of it right now, to be honest with you. But you have to think, like, so the Night King threw his spear like a fucking Boss. crazy person, like, Olympic you know, like an Olympic, like an Olympic javelin thrower, 
I mean, that was like ridiculous. And Shane, there may be some merit to what you were saying last week about, you know, like once once the Night King turns someone or something, that they get this like super enhanced speed and and all of that. Because well, yeah, because they don't require food. They don't require sleep. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing that ties them to an actual human condition anymore. Right. It's It's we are a plague and yeah. we're going to wipe out everybody. Well, I understand that there's like there's a supernatural element to it, but what I'm saying is like when the Night King threw that that javelin, it's so quick. It was really it's quick. Fucking quick. You know, and that was why it was able to take down the dragon. Yeah. Is because it was like one you it know. It didn't even it wasn't even outside of Viserion's body. Normally they show us a spear inside Drogon. Mm-hmm. We didn't see that fucking spear. It probably either went well, in it, or it went clear it is, through. It is also keep in mind that the that that I'm calling it a javelin because it, it looked looks like, like a javelin. javelin. It's it it's was it was a a, it was it was made out of ice. So when it was thrown and it went into the dragon, the dragon's insides hey, are fiery. You know, yeah. Like you saw that when the dragon got hit and uh, like opened up part of its side, and it, there was yeah. fire like fire coming out. Yeah, like so, molten. so if it was if it was an ice javelin and it got thrown mm-hmm. into a fire dragon, right? You would assume that it probably melted. Yeah, you know, it could it, with Arya's little toy. It could be what you're saying. It could be something to take. Don't minimize it by calling it a toy, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Call out there, folks. A toy. A toy. <laughs> Arya's little whatever the fuck we want to call it. Arya's weapon of choice that she wants Gendry to make for him. I think it could either be that. That's a, that's a That was a good one. Or it could be just something for like a last minute thing. If she's on the ground, she could kind of shoot it up at a face. It's true, kind yeah. of like quick. And then well, we she don't can know what the it we don't know what the scale of it is. Right, you that's know? why it's like, confusing. Is it big or is it something like you were saying, like handheld? Right. You know, so yeah, I get I get both of those those ideas. And you know, these are just our off the cuff theories. So <laughs> they do have, have a no lot of idea. dragons glass up there, though. From what yeah. I've seen, they just yeah. got ducats full of it. They got so much dragons glass. So and I wonder if they left anyone at Dragonstone to like continue to mine. You know, like you can't you can't assume know. you can't assume that they were like, oh, we're just gonna take this much and we're gonna be good with it. You know, yeah. and it's like, you know, you're making you're making uh Arrowheads, you're making knives and swords. I don't even think they're making swords. They're just making like knives, spears, swords, daggers, and axes. They're making farmer man equipment because they have to arm the whole north. Well, and because the dragon glass, it's not, I mean, Gendry said it to the hound. He's like, you know, making a blade that big with this material is not that easy. And then the hound was like, so you're saying you're good. You know, the hound hound's always an (laughs) asshole to him. It's so funny, though. I love it because. Gendry, you know, th- that was one of my favorite parts of of last season was when Gendry was talking uh, talking to uh Beric and Thoros about um them selling them selling him to the <laughs> yeah, red the red woman yeah. the red woman and <laughs> so he's like bad. he's like I wanted to be one of you. You sold me to the red woman and they're trying to like make their cases as, as to why they did it and everything. And the hound was just like Quit your whinging. He's, He's like, like you whinging. He's like, your lips are moving. You're complaining. That's whinging. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite quotes of the like, entire series. This one's been killed six yeah. times. You don't see him bitching, bitching about, about it. it. <laughs> so good, dude. It's so good. I, 
I was talking to a couple people at this wedding that I was at last night. Shout out to uh, Dan and Zach. Um, they were asking me questions because I told them about my podcast. And thanks, guys, if you're listening. Um, but uh, they were like, "Who ends on?" They were like, "Does does John die?" I was like, "If John dies, it, it might happen, and I'll accept it." But there's also a slight possibility that he would not die because Malisandra would come back and bring him back to life one more time because huh? she talks to Varys. She says to Varys in the last season, we both have to die in this strange country. She says both of us. She doesn't even just say her. We both have to die in this strange country. What would probably happen? She brings John back to life and then he's a man of his word and slices her head off. Because the man who passes the sentence must swing the sword. And we haven't seen Melisandre. We haven't seen her ever at all yet. Yeah, we haven't seen her since like episode three or two of the last season. Well, she was she was at Dragonstone, right? That was like episode two, and then she leaves. And well, she left. Oh no, episode three because we had to build up to John getting to the north, right? She getting to Dragonstone. She left, but she um. She had to go I don't get. Think, I don't think she. Went, I don't think she went very far. No, but because she said I, she had to go get someone. Yeah. Well, Uh-oh. that's weird. Where I don't know. I, Where is she going? Yeah. Who's she going to get? I wonder. I don't know. I wonder if she's going to get another red priest or priestess. Maybe. Um. Because you know when, when Jora and Tyrion were in Volantis, you know when Tyrion went to the whorehouse and. He left Varys and he went to the whorehouse and then Jorah found him, you know, as he was yeah. taking a piss. Um when they were when when Tyrion and Varys were walking around Volantis, they saw another red priestess yep. preaching in the streets. Um and then Var- but, but you know, could it also be I had I she has to go and get someone? Could she have to go and get someone like Holland Reed? Potentially. Could she have to go and get someone? You know, I mean, there's there are plenty of people. And I did want to say earlier, um, when you guys started talking about Jamie and Bran uh, talking, seeing each other again at the yeah. end of the episode, you in were... in real time, I had a freak out moment. Yeah, you like grabbed. Scripty. I like. I was like. I, I was like slapping him on the leg and everything because the way that they shot it, right? The way that they shot um, Jamie like riding into Winterfell, they shot him from the back. So you just see this horse riding in, and you see a man wearing a beat down hood. Yeah, a, yeah. Be, a beat up hood and it, there was no it wasn't red, it was like a grayish. It was like, you know. Yeah, and the top was black and it was super thin. Right, and it was and it was it was indicative to the imagery that I have seen of Holland Reed. So I right. immediately thought that Holland <laughs> Reed was coming to Winterfell. I think you're going to get him, buddy. Like, I don't I, know, dude. I think I'm going to get him. I'm like so excited for it to possibly happen. On the other hand, I kind of feel like because I'm so excited, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and you're just ready for the. But but happening. the whole thing is, it's like you know that that interaction with Samwell and and John down in the crypts was so huge and so pivotal. And you know, I know that Sam said, you know, that he tr- that he scribed a. Uh, Maester's diary, and you know, and he gave him the Bran's Bran, and the, yeah, and then he go, and then he goes, Bran had a well, whatever Bran has, you know, and it, but it's like neither one of those things are so definitive that 
you can build your entire claim on that. And I think that John's reaction, it, part of John's reaction also was the implications of him coming to light with that information, of saying, I'm the true king of the seven kingdoms. My father was Rhaegar Targaryen. I think that that's, I think that John is smart enough to realize that that's going to pose so many more problems for him in in the long and short run like because he just swore he just bent the knee and swore fealty to Daenerys as the as the queen of the seven kingdoms now he's going to come out and say hey fuck you i am well, Andy just realized that he's banging his hand. I don't think that that's like the main. I don't. <laughs> that's I, just a funny. I part. mean, I know that I know that everyone looks at that and they're like, "Oh my god, no, I it's don't, crazy." I don't find it crazy, but the, I find it funny. Yeah, I find <laughs> I find it funny too. But the funny thing, the funnier thing is here that in the Targaryen family, it's yeah, it's right. It's, it's it normal. means nothing. Yeah, it's normal. The fact that it's it's aunt and nephew is. Better a lot better than a lot of other things. Like Daenerys's mother and father were brother and sister. Yeah, you know. And well, we we start off the show watching twins. Well, sleep yeah, with each but, other. So it's but, not. It, it's it, all, in all honesty, the aunt and nephew thing isn't that big of a deal, right? But the Targaryen, I just find it a funny thing that the they Tar- don't even know. Yeah, the Targaryen family was the only family, quote unquote, the only family in the history of the. Seven Kingdoms that was allowed to interbreed. Yeah, all of the other families, and it was rule. it was taboo. You know, something like that would have been completely taboo. But with the Tar- Targaryens, Aegon Targaryen, the Aegon the Conqueror, when he conquered Westeros, he he continued the Targaryen bloodline by having children with his sisters. Yeah. And then every Targaryen, you know, king from then on, king and, and king and queen and everything would mate with their siblings. Not every one of them exclusively because there were yeah. some that didn't have ch- that didn't have uh daughters and you know all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but they tried to keep the Targaryen family tried to keep the Valerian bloodline as pure as possible. And there are a few other Valerian households in the Seven Kingdoms. There's one in the Kinglands called um, uh, Valerians. Is there the it's uh, they are the family Valerian, and they have the 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 stereotypical Valerian features. You know the silver hair in the books. They have purple eyes. Um, but a lot of Valerians have been uh, married to Targaryens to keep the to yeah. keep those Valerian bloodlines pure. But that being said, it's like if everything would have stayed under Targaryen rule, you know, like after the Mad King and Rhaegar died, like sure. let's just hypothetically say that Viserys was then named king as a young boy. Daenerys was born in King's Landing, and they both grew up in King's Landing, and uh, Viserys was was the king. They probably would have ended up... In the book, it's definitely hinted at the fact that Viserys, uh, Viserys uh, like, 
basically rape Danny. Yeah. In the books. Yeah. And it, and in it, the show, obviously, they don't show us right. that part because we get to watch him have a golden crown. Yeah. Ooh. Well, well, and and that just that just shows you how like how much of of it not being a big deal yeah. in the Targaryen family right. it is. Like um now obviously they've changed certain things for the show and and yes. you know our American Puritan values oh, and outlooks on on things like that. I'm not <laughs> saying that I think that that's true that that's that that's wrong. I think that it's gross. It's it's super gross. It's grody. Like, yeah. It's grody 5000. No, it's super gross. <coughs> but um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that John understands the implications just the same way that his father or not father, but the same way that Ned It's his father. fucked himself by saying, you know, this is not the true king. This is the you know this should be the true king. All of that kind of stuff. Um, I think that John realizes that if he were to be vocal about this right now, that he might find himself in a similar situation. That being said, going back to the Baratheon story that you guys were talking about with Gendry, you know, I I know that we talked last week about the. Um, about about Gendry being possibly Cersei and Robert's uh, trueborn. trueborn son, but I don't really know if that necessarily matters right now because if they do that, they're gonna have to go through this whole like. Not Who's to, the real? Not king? to say not to say that they that that they don't have enough time for it because I don't now that Jamie's in Winterfell, I don't think that it's terribly far fetched for them to be like, oh, Gendry's the real heir to the Iron Robert Throne. Baratheon or, or or well the Iron Throne as of now. But right, you know take Br- over Bran, Bran could be like Bran could be like, well, you know, Gendry is a trueborn of Robert Baratheon and Cersei Lannister. And the person that we can confirm that with is Jamie Lannister, who's right here. But I don't even know if they necessarily have to do that because the fact of the matter is that the Baratheon line is so decimated right now <laughs> that Gendry, regardless of whether he's a bastard or not, he is the only living Baratheon. Baratheon. He's the only living person with Baratheon blood left. And I don't know if I told you guys this or I mentioned it in the last the last episode, but the Baratheon house was was started by a bastard, by a bastard branch of a Targaryen. There was a, um, he was a, like a, a lieutenant or a general in Aegon the Conqueror's army. His name was Oris Baratheon. And he was, cla- he was claimed to be the bastard brother of, Rhaegar, or of Aegon Targaryen. And Aegon Targaryen sent Oris Baratheon down to the Stormlands to to conquer the Stormlands and basically fight the Storm King. Um, I forget what his name was. What? I said Storm King. That's a crazy name. I That's know, right? <laughs> um, you know, and th- this was obviously, this was like, you know, before the, the Seven Kingdoms and everything. So there was the Kings of Winter. There was, you know, the King of the Rock, um, the Kings of Dorne. Right. Um, and so yeah, so the Stormlands, the the king in the Stormlands, I forget his name, but um, 
he was a fool and he met Oris Baratheon in open field. <laughs> and Oris Baratheon, you know, killed him and took over Storm's End, which is the ancestral seat of the Baratheon family. Yep. He not only took over the castle, he married the Storm King's daughter, kept the, the Storm King's sigil, and also kept the Storm King's words. So the Baratheon sigil of the the stag, the black stag on a yellow yeah. on a yellow field, that was from the Storm King. The words "Ours is the Fury" was from the Storm King, and then he took the Storm King's daughter for for a wife, and um, you know, and then he, it, so it was almost as if like he killed the Storm King and then just completely assumed the Storm King's life for the most part. Just you know? assimilated himself yeah. into becoming just the took, Storm just King. Just took it, you know, and was just like "fuck it's you." Pre- it's pretty metal. It's pretty metal. It is, and um, <laughs> you know, and and then the Baratheon family at at a certain point in history uh targaryen female was married to a targaryen lord or or, i'm sorry not targaryen a baratheon lord so the baratheons had the largest claim to the iron throne and that is why when robert's rebellion started that it was feasible for Robert to take the throne because Robert does have Targaryen blood. Because it was a very distant Blackfire rebellion in a sense. It, mm-hmm. was, it was some bastard born of a bastard born. Mm-hmm. It was just a, this distant bloodline. That's yeah, still, so they, they came from relatable. They came from a bastard yeah. house. You know, uh, Baratheons come from a bastard house, a bastard Targaryen house, and then they have Targaryen blood on a, you know, an, uh, a far back grandmother's side kind yeah, of thing, you know, exactly. through through a female line. But that being said, you know, it wouldn't be a stretch to say for you know, for John and Danny, well Danny really, like for for Danny to say, you know, Gendry has been an integral part of our fight. Yeah. He is a bastard Baratheon. I'll legitimize him and name him Warden of the Stormlands. Yep. And there you go. You know? No, the Stormlands are just below the Kinglands. Oh, okay. They are in the east, but they don't call them Warden of the East. Um, Well, that's because... Tywin Lannister was Warden of the East. Tywin Lannister was was Warden of the West. Oh, sorry, the West. Yeah. But then again, he was, you know, but he, he was, was basically, but he was king. also warden of warden of cast or warden of the rock. Which, right. Because if you if you look at the the map, it's like the north is the north, like northeast, south and west of of that territory is just the north. Yeah. And then once you get past the neck, you have the you, it immediately goes into the riverlands. And then next to the riverlands is the Erie. Right, so. Right. So the Tully's Hoster Tully and now Edomir Tully are they are wardens of the riverlands. Yeah. They don't call them wardens of the northeast, south or west right. or anything like that. <coughs> Robin Aaron is warden of the Erie. They don't say warden right. of the east. Um no one is the warden of the Kinglands because it's just the Kinglands because that's where King's Landing is right. and all of those areas are you know, it's just the the crown is based or i'm sorry they're not called the kinglands they're called the crownlands um 
And then on the west side, you have um, you have the western Westerlands, which is yeah. where like Casterly Rock is, and all of those areas. Which is you know, um, Tywin Lannister was the warden of the warden of the West, is what they called him, but he was basically the king. <coughs> After Robert died, he was basically the king, right? <laughs> and then south of south of uh, of the Westerlands is the Reach, and they call the Reach, even though it's like the Southwest, they just call it the Reach. Yeah. Um, and then east of the Reach is Dorne. Yeah. They don't, and they don't call anyone the Warden of Dorne or anything like right. that. They are the Prince and Princess of Dorne. Mm. Dorne is just a, a strange kind of. It's a strange land that no one really. They like. To. No one really fucks with them because they're crazy they like to shag a lot mm-hmm. um so what other dude i i'm so upset i agree with you guys though that um i think that they're they are really building some type of relationship between Ari and gendry they are and there's some there's go, there's hopefully going to be some legitimacy with um gendry then being you know the lord of storm's end and Possibly, possibly um, having Arya be make make yeah like make some babies. Uh, have Arya um, marry Gendry, combine those houses, and you know I I mean I don't see Arya wanting to be a lady per se. Oh, but she won't be a ev- lady. No, I know. But every time, um, Gendry has called her. You know, oh, Lady just, Lady Stark, or, or any, I know it's them, them flirting. flirting. I understand that, <laughs> but you know, she she's like, "Don't call me that," and then she immediately just like allows it to happen. It's not Duh. like she gets, yeah, it's not like she gets Duh. super pissy about it. But, of course um, not. She likes Gendry. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I think Sansa's the the. I think Sansa's going to be a big key player in all of this. Man. She's the I I I. I I agree. I think she's going to be named. If, if all goes well, if all goes well. Which when I, has that ever happened? When has that ever it's happened? It's not going well, if, dude. Nothing's if, going well, right. all right? If Sansa survives and the Night King and his army is eliminated, I think Sansa will be named Wardeness of the North. I think I mean, tec- she, she technically already is, is already, right now. Yeah, she's the Lady of Winterfell. So, right. And I think... Right, isn't that weird right now with John and her? Like she's the lady of Winterfell, but John's back, but now he's not the king of the north, so what the fuck is John? Like like John's Leanna Mormont says, yeah. she's like, Who the hell are you now? Yeah, what, what are you? Your purpose? Yeah, yeah, what's the point? But John doesn't give a shit. I know yeah. John doesn't give a that's shit because he's more worried about the actual problem. And that's where that's where this whole playing the game comes into play. Uh-huh. And you're just kind of like, what's the point of playing the game, everybody, when the game doesn't even matter anymore and we have a huge army coming to cuck us? Yeah, there's some real cuckery going on. And right. Everybody just needs to finally have that realization i think once on the horizon yeah. they see what's going to be happening or what's going to be coming it's right. like, uh, things are obviously going to go to shit nothing's going to be really uh thought about but i think that there's going to be a lot of tactile points that people do and points that people make and things that are going to happen that 
Yeah, that's why I was weirded out when people were like, it was slow. I'm like, dude, do you know how much shit we need to get done here? Yeah. We only like, why are you episodes. so upset that it was slow? Those, this whole the, the, show's the, the, been a slow burn. Those are the people that just watch, like... They just want to watch the dragons kill things. It's, yeah. yeah. Which is okay. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't get it. You want that. excitement. You want a John Wick film, but you're not getting a John Wick film. Now this, this show has been building up <laughs> to some of these plot points for years. Yeah, so many years. Uh, I... I th- well, okay, so, oh, what's up with Varys? What is he cooking up? Varys is always cooking something. He's, he's always something cooking, cooking in that melon something, because he was just, when he's talking to, uh, when he's talking to Tyrion and Davos, at the end of his little, at the end of their little conversation, he's like, nothing lasts. He's yeah. like the young. Well, it referenced to John and Daenerys being in love, because right. obviously all three of them are, widely aware and even right. even Sans is aware she's like did you are you doing this because you love her and john john's just standing there and which brings like, me to a wonderful quote because they had a good conversation up to that point but then yeah. she, she says that one and john's like maybe. i i went to re-watch a certain episode and it's uh episode nine of season four um the watchers on the wall the battle for the wall Against the wildlings, John goes and talks to Maester Aemon, and Maester Aemon's like, "Love is the death of duty." That's he, referencing to Egret, yeah, and how sure. John kind of broke his Night's Watch oath because he said, "I am yours and you are mine," and basically married Egret in that in that cave. So I found that quote to be like, "Oh shit." We're getting to that point with Danny and John because John did have a duty. He had a duty to the North. He He's the king took, of the North. He was the king of the North. <laughs> <laughs> the king of the North. Um, and now he's again in love with a woman, and his duty has basically kind of been revoked, in a sense. His responsibility is what he was. Yeah, because he's just addicted to the ladies, man. Addicted to hot ladies. <laughs> He's addicted to hot ladies. <laughs> and then Kit Harrington's just like, I'm gonna marry one of those hot ladies. Exactly. <laughs> She's real hot. She's very sexy. Yeah. The red hair does it for me. It, yeah. <laughs> Kissed by fire. <laughs> beautiful. Teachers are beautiful. <laughs> but kissed by fire. That, that was my favorite scene with Tormund where he's like, My eyes have always been blue. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm glad that. <laughs> I'm glad that Ed's back. I like Ed. Ed's I love. He's so beard. good. He's got his pointy beard. He's getting so old and yeah. matured. He's the Lord Commander of the Night's yeah. Watch now. He's the best. He's great. Yeah. I, I wish. I, I wish Gren was still around though. Gren's still around I, in the books. Oh really? Yeah. Sad good, fact. They good, killed good, him good. off in the show. Yeah, that's yeah. a bummer. But the, you know, they also had to condense a ton of characters. Right. They killed Pip too. <laughs> Yeah, get shot. I didn't really care about Pip. No, but he was a good little friend to Sam. Sam had Sam had to lose someone. That was that was one of the great scenes in that yeah. whole that whole episode. Yeah, yeah. Is Sam actually witnessing someone dying in his arms? Well, and Sam, uh, Sam Losing having a friend. Sam having to step up. Yeah, you know, I mean, at first he was just like loading the crossbow for Pip, and then when Pip went down. He was like, I you gotta know, shoot now. He yeah, and he like started to change position and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then he eventually, you know, he was the one who found Janos Slint yeah. being craven. 
Yeah. You know, Jano Slint sucked. <laughs> I'm glad John chopped his head off. He was a bitch. <laughs> I agree. He was a bitch. Yeah. I think... So, okay. Tyrion and Sansa's little conversation. I used to think you were the most clever man I've ever met. Dude, he's gotten that thrown in his face so many times over the seasons. Over Just the, the whole couple. slap to the face. Like, dude, are you that thick right now because you are normally sharp between the ears and are so aware of yourself and everything around you. And right now, you think Cersei's going to bring the Lannister army north? You're f- She's basically like, you're an idiot. Yeah, his, his whole... Um, his playing of the game has deteriorated quite significantly um, since... I don't recall what season. I don't think it's deteriorated. I think it's. He, I think he, he's been making moves that haven't been benefiting anybody. Well, they were just showing him how how strategically in war Jamie is far superior. Oh, without a doubt, at war yeah, than absolutely. Tyrion. So that was just. I think that whole part he didn't really. He failed obviously as the hand of the queen. He was just outsmarted by someone who he knew was probably smarter and just didn't... He thought he was outwitting Jamie, but Jamie's like, please, yeah, little boy, young brother, let me teach you about some things about war because Jamie's actually been to war. Yeah, but Jamie said it in that episode where <clears throat> um, Tyrion had Daenerys' forces go to Casterly Rock yeah. and Jamie was actually in Highgarden. Jamie said it. That wasn't Jamie's idea. That was the same thing that that Rob Stark did to Jamie that captured Jamie back right, in season two. Right, but he learned two. from that. He mistake. learned from it and he utilized that same strategy. Right, but he wouldn't have learned that if he wasn't in war. No, That's no, I understand. I understand what you're saying with that. I think that Tyrion's kind of fall that's been going on with his, you know, his intellectual fall really stemmed from um, him being put on trial for Joffrey's death. I think that from there he, and this is just my own personal He became theory, really emotional. He became very emotional. It changed every way that he views life. Like, we have a completely different Tyrion from before that, that time before the, the purple wedding and, and all of that. Yeah. You know, and now after, you know, remember like Tyrion back in like season one and season two where, I mean, obviously when the show opens, when the series opens, you, the first time you see Tyrion, he's getting a blow job while drinking a horn of, you know, ale or wine up in the north. Fantastic way to introduce a character. Especially one of, one of the best. Especially someone of his stature. Well, exactly. And, you know, and, and so he was just this, you know, prior to all of these events going on, he was very he was very realistic. He was very he knew what he knew and that was that was the smartest way that you could possibly be in the world that they lived in at that point in time. You know, remember when he his, was tr- his mind needs books like a sword <coughs> needs a wet stone. That's what I was gonna say when they when he was traveling to um, the wall with John when John was going to the wall for the first time. Mm-hmm. He he made that quote and he also teased John 
about joining the Night's Watch, he said something along the lines of like, oh, the protectors of the realm and protecting us from, you know, the 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 Grumpkins and the Snarks and, and yeah. all of these things that were at that point in time believed to be myths myths and, and, and you know, fairy tales and all of that kind right. of stuff. So now that it's become a reality, I mean, maybe not to the extent of, you know, the old wives' tales and, you know, the stories that the wet nurses tell and all of that kind of stuff, but um, the fact that some of these things, some of these far-fetched ideas are now becoming reality. I think it's really kind of shaken Tyrion to his core. And I think a lot of the things that he used to believe were absolutely definitive in life. Right. He's now questioned a lot of things. And he's used to being the smartest person in the room. And Daenerys is pretty fucking smart, you know. Like last she's season, she sure. called him out. She called him out to to his face when he was quoting some yeah. some wise man. Yeah, and you know he's like some wise man said blah blah blah, and she's like, "What wise man?" He's like, "I don't remember." And she goes, "Are you trying to pass off your own thoughts as yeah. ancient wisdom or something and, like yeah, that?" And he was like, "I'm not gonna do he that." He was like, "To you, I would never do that." to you. <laughs> you know, but I think a lot I think a lot of you know, some of I think a lot of times some of Tyrion's intellect comes from that kind of stuff, just knowing how to manipulate the masses, knowing how to manipulate the people. Like I thought it was hilarious and and pretty fitting that when John and Daenerys and everyone like you know, they finally make it back to Winterfell and they're in the Great Hall and they're, you know, in front of all the lords and Leon Stark says what she says and all of this kind of stuff. And then, you know, Tyrion gets up thinking that, you know, he's going to be able to talk to the people and, and get them to be on his on their side. Well, he really fucked and he really yeah. fucked it up. He really, like, missed the mark because... yeah. As soon as he said, you know, and then the Lannister army, and it was like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, no one gives a shit about the Lannister army. Right. And then, you know, like Sansa said, like, How if you supposed- if you think that Cersei is sending her armies here just because she told you, like, you're stupid. Right. You know? And I think that, you know, for... For Sansa, Sansa's been able to learn from so many of these players in this game, in this Game of Thrones. Initially, when she first got to King's Landing, she was learning from Cersei. Herself. She, yeah, from Cersei herself. Scary enough. Exactly. And then then from there, she was, you know, she was forced to marry Tyrion. So she learned a little bit from Tyrion. And then Littlefinger. She also learned that not every Lannister is a piece of shit. She learned that Tyrion is. She she learned that Tyrion was a good man. He just <coughs> was born into a house of assholes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, on top of that, it's like, yeah, you can think that they're not all pieces of shit all you want, but she's still not cool with Tyrion. You know, no, I mean, she still doesn't trust him, right. right? She, the I thought that even though I think Sansa won that scene with him the whole intellectual battle with him, the back and forth. 
Sansa won that scene. She's like, you used to be the smartest man I knew. What happened to you? Um, But Tyrion also calls her out on something. And he's like, no one believed in you. But everybody who didn't is now dead. Mm -hmm. He knows that Sansa is a dangerous human. Oh, without a doubt. (laughs) He knows that she's almost as dangerous as Cersei, even though Cersei's the craziest of them all and will kill anybody. Yeah, exactly. But, But Sansa doesn't have the... I don't know what the word would be, the content that that Cersei has. Not at all. Sansa has there a, are a similarities. Kind, they, she has a kinder Sansa has a kinder heart. Right. Than but Cersei. When, but when she's talking to Tyrion, yeah. you have to you have to uh, I noticed this similarity when I was watching the scene. We all watched this episode like what three times? I watched it three times. Two, two and a half. Two three. and a half, three times. <laughs> anyway. Um in the scene in the Great Hall, when she does call out Tyrion. You have to pay attention to her attitude. She's talking like Cersei. Oh, yeah. She's very condescending. She's very to the point, And she's very skeptical the whole time. And making making it seem as if everybody in the room is dumber than her. Well, even John said it. She thinks she's smarter than everybody. Right. When him and Danny And then Arya's just like, she's the smartest person I ever met. Yeah, there's a lot of. Let's people. talk about that real quick. How I cried like a little girl <laughs> when John and Arya, <laughs> when John and Arya came together. That's that's been that's the one relationship that I've been waiting to rekindle the whole time. It's been now, yes, don't get me wrong. I've been waiting to see Jamie and Bran together because obviously that relationship's screwed. <laughs> yeah, that boy got pushed out the window by that guy. Yeah, um, he broke his legs. I, dude, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he got screwed, man. He no, was no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't going to talk about that. I was going to talk about the John and Arya reunion. It, for me, it fell flat. But it didn't. So fall did. Flat. But so did. No, no, no. I, I think it played an important role, but it didn't give me. It did not give me the emotions that I wanted it to give me. That's fair. Um, yeah, they didn't really talk about Ned or anything like that. Not even, not even any of that. It just, it, them being, them seeing each other, them embracing one another. It just didn't give me the emotions, the way that the Sansa and John reunite, being reunited gave me. I think that's probably due to the fact that a few episodes or a season prior to that, we watched Sansa get I understand brutalized that. by a we, man, and, and and you know, and it was, yeah. We watched Sansa go through a lot more. Right, I I, I understand Arya. that. I understand that. And, Arya's a badass, and that was the first of the reunions. Correct. You know, I mean, it was it was a big, huge, pivotal moment, but it didn't give me the same emotions when Sansa and Bran reunited. It didn't give me similar emotions when Bran and John reunited. I like and it that didn't, one. And it didn't give me hardly any of the same types of emotions when John and Arya. I I anticipated John and Arya reuniting and having this like crazy moment where I'm gonna where I'm getting choked up and all of this kind of stuff. And for me, like I've watched it. I watched it twice in the episode, and I've watched it probably three more times on like YouTube clips. Right, and each time it happens, I'm just kind of like, meh. 
Whatever. I. I well, I I. I mean, that's me personally. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm just for me that was my that's it was it was more emotional for me just because it was the one relationship that I've been waiting for. Sure. So nothing kind of dulled it out for me because I was so hyped, I was so excited at how they were going to do it, and of course she just ninjas into the scene. She's right. Like, ah, I did. I did like. Now. I did like how they, um, Shared you know some. how they had how they had the conversation, yeah. and and like you said earlier, how you know Arya was or John was like Sansa thinks she's the smartest person in in the room or whatever, and. Arya was like, she's the smartest person I know. Yeah, you know, and I and I like that because now it's like, instead of them being these you know bickering children and John the, you know, I think John still has this when it comes to Sansa. I think that John still has this, um, this attitude of how they were when they were children, where Sansa was the, you know, she wasn't the shining star of the family because that was definitely Rob's role, but she was the, the you know the pretty the pretty little girl and and you know she was the as far as far as the girls go she was the 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 star i think it comes down to with john and sansa i think it comes down to the pure fact that son uh john has done physically he's 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 old school he's like his father John's physically done more than Sansa. He's gone north. He's fought the Night King but in his army. Never gonna, Sansa's never going to right, do so that. Right, so that's where John's, in a sense, his arrogance comes into play but, and kind of shuts her down. But there's, there's and arrogance. And puts her down. There's arrogance, and then there's also the, you know, you have to, you have to remember that John was the, and he even said it, um, he said it at one point when, when John and Sansa reunited, he was like, you know, he goes, it mustn't have been easy with me sulking in the corner all the time. Right. You know, he has this attitude where, well, I'm not a true Stark, so I'm poor, poor, sad me, you know. And I think that, that you know, there's definitely something deep-seated with that um, in his attitude. But they are playing two different games. You're right. You know, John is more of the 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 act upon and doer mm-hmm. whereas Sansa is you know like Littlefinger and Cersei and all of the people that she's learned from she is the um she's, she's the, the schemer player. she's, she's the, a chess yeah player. exactly she's the schemer and she gets others to to do her dirty work where John's the roll up your sleeves and get it done yourself kind of Correct. guy Arya is the roll up your sleeves and get it done yourself but she's also the schemer as well absolutely Arya is going to have a crazy plan scheme whatever she already does exactly and you know so so well it was so aria's aria respects both of them for what they both bring to the table mm -hmm. because aria has both sides of it in her as well yeah and i think our aria the whole the whole part of john and aria's get together um reuniting uh (laughs) Was when they hug, and he's like, Sansa's my family. You know, you're both my, you know, he's like, you guys are my family. And she hugs him, and her face, this is why they're so, you know, their attention to detail is so good, because her face is like, you remember that. And she kind of has this, like, serious face, and then she just turns back into that little kid that's just excited to see her brother again. 
when yeah, she's absolutely. hugging him. She 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 laid down a little threat to John, and he's not completely aware of what Arya is yet. Only Sansa and Bran are aware of what know, Arya not even is. To the full extent yeah, of what it actually right, not is. even Bran knows I mean, because not, he can go back and watch her do everything. Know what a faceless man is, especially Correct. in the north. Like they just saw dragons for the first time. They're right. just hardworking folk that just have no idea to the outside realm or what's about to happen. It's just about kings and politics and all this sorts of jargon that they don't give a shit about. But they're about to be introduced to. I mean, dragons, of course, is the first thing that is just mythical, and they're just completely unaware of what just happened and what those things are. So, you but, know what? I was watching the epi- I rewatched the episode again, and there was something about something that Arya did where she had she had too much knowledge, like past knowledge, um, for the theory of her of Arya now being the waif in reality. Oh yeah. I don't, and I was just like, nope, nope, I don't believe it. I've never liked that theory. No, I've never think, liked I, that, that theory. That's flog. That's yeah, not. it was a fun, it was like, oh, if that happens, it's kind of, I mean, I guess that's okay, but not really, because we want to see Arya's story fulfilled. We want to see Arya well, yeah, absolutely. go through life and finish this whole thing out, but... It was an interesting theory when it was announced, and I was like, I don't want Arya to be the way. Fuck yeah, that. No, there's plenty of theories. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, I, I just watched one of, of Littlefinger being the, the protagonist of the story and yeah. how he's just going to come back magically from the dead or something right, like that. And, right, And I No, I, I completely agree with that. I was like, you know, when I saw it, I was like, nope, nope, that's not going to happen. Like, that, that's not a thing. And then, like, a day later, I was thinking about it, and I was like, wait a minute. I go... She had she had a very detailed I forget exactly what it was but it was like a very detailed like past account of like the family and like you know her her own interactions within the family and everything and then I started to think about it and I was like wait a minute wasn't that like part of I'm like maybe I'm confusing maybe I'm confusing Game of Thrones with the with what I just recently saw in the Captain Marvel movie with the scrolls. I was like, I was like, damn it! Now I'm all, I'm all fucked up right now. I can't I can't keep it all straight. What so. universe am I in? Yeah, right. Am I in Marvel or am I in Game of Thrones? I don't know. Well, um, next week we have Marvel. Next week, everybody, End Game, mm-hmm. End Game. We might touch on that on Shane of Thrones. Doubt it. Um, <laughs> it's not Shane of Marvel. Yeah, it's not Shane of Marvel, <laughs> asshole. We're not gonna do that. No, I'll probably have a conversation with someone about it on another episode. But I'm super excited for End Game. But besides End Game. Um, here's a question, and we didn't really we didn't really answer this question, but it's you know along the lines of predictions. Who do we believe? We'll start with Skirky. Who do you believe is going to sit on the throne? I don't know. I'm not even going to make that prediction because there's just too many interesting. All I'm worried about right now. That's fair. I, you Night know, King. that's fair. That's literally the Iron Throne can go fuck itself for all I this care. This is true. I there's too many. You got John, you got Targaryen, you have Daenerys Targaryen, potentially Gendry if he's the only one left and he's made a Baratheon. Sansa. Uh, you, have, you have Sansa, Cersei, and the Night King. You have Tyrion, Varys, <laughs> the Night King. Like it. Ooh, Jamie. Jamie. Right. There's no, too many there's, people. Varys doesn't want the throne. I know Varys never want wants the throne. the throne. No, he's just the spider. He's just in yeah. the web of his own. Yeah, and he's got his little birds. Yeah, but I could care less about that. I'm I'm in it for the I'm in it for the um 
the the finale of what's going to happen to all these people and are these people going to survive like are they going to make it hey, right like who who, who knows <laughs> I, I i just don't know but i do think you're on great choice having a great time banging cersei Oh yeah, we need to touch on that too. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the King's I'm Landing yet. Put a baby <laughs> in your belly. <laughs> she got really upset about that. I, I love that she's like, "You're the she, most arrogant man I've ever met in my life." I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he is the most arrogant. <laughs> He's ever. the best. Like, life's boring. You like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got, I got, I got something for you. Okay. Oh, oh. oh. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But I don't understand why the costume designer designed Euron Greyjoy to kind of look like a steam bu- steampunk pirate hipster. Totally. Like. I'm I'm just in envi- every time he comes on the screen I'm envisioning envisioning him holding a top hat with like a curly mustache and a monocle for some yeah. reason like it's a very strange <laughs> thing and to that point did you guys did you guys hear about the 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 cameos um in the last episode no, no. Rob McElhaney Mac from uh from Always Sunny in Philadelphia was the the ironborn who got shot in the eye with the arrow. <laughs> <laughs> See, those are good cameos. And there was another, unlike the Ed Sheeran one that just Yeah, that one sucked. Dude, it just broke the whole It was so bad. Essence of the show. It was just like, oh, why are we getting one of the most famous faces yeah. in the times right but now? But the thing is, that was At the, the f- moment. That was the first. Ca- I mean, they've had cameos throughout the, sh- the series, right. but that was the first cameo where it was like, "Hey, we're deliberately giving you this cameo." Right, the I thought it was so. Time. I thought it was so just lame how they did that. It was very lame. It, they, they, especially his line after he's singing. She's yeah. like, "What song's that?" He's like. It's a new one. It's a new, and it was so it was delivered so poorly. It's douchey. Like he's not an actor. I get it. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna give him shit for not being an actor yeah. because he's not an actor. But this show is on such a higher level than any other show. Like it's one mm. thing. I know everyone loves The Sopranos and all of that kind of stuff. It would be one thing to have. Oh, this is way bigger than it, The no, Sopranos. No, I, I understand that, but it would be one thing to have a cameo like that where you're like, okay, they're. They're not an actor, but whatever. You know, it was just a fun little cameo. And they did it. They 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 said that they had they asked Ed Sheeran to be on it. Not only is he a huge Game of Thrones fan, but Maisie Williams, who plays Arya Stark, is an enormous Ed Sheeran fan. And it was something that they did for like her birthday or something like that. Like it was an event that they did for her. That's cool. I it's very, very that. nice of them, but in the continuity of the show, it's like a kick in the nuts, dude. Wait, it's like it's like it's like moving too fast and like squishing a nut. Like right. you're just like, oh fuck, that sucked. Yeah, 100%. you know, like <laughs> it. It would have been. <laughs> I did that the other day. It would have been cool if it was like a scene where she got into a fight <coughs> and she like killed him. Like yeah. if it was one of those kind of deals. Well, did you did you notice like he was that in like a ha- if he had like a Lannister helmet on and then she kills him and then the helmet falls, falls off and then we just Ed see Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's right, face? Right. That would have been funnier well, and it would have been less like annoying. In than, the red wedding, it's a new one. In the red wedding, they had um, 
uh, Will Chamberlain, the drummer of Coldplay, was in the band. Sick. Who was? I who forgot was, about that. <laughs> who was playing at Wald at, at the Twins? Yeah. Who started playing the Reigns of Castamere? And then another one, another like quick one. Um, oh, uh, I think it was the end of season six when they like they they pan and you see the entire. Uh, uh, Army of the Dead. Oh, okay. The four members of the band Mastodon, which are that band is fucking heavy, heavy dude. They're awesome. And DB Weiss, the the showrunner, in interviews you'll see him, and he's wearing a Mastodon shirt. He's That's a funny. huge fan of Mastodon. And the four members of Mastodon were uh, part of the army. They, of the were, dead. they were they were dead. Yeah, they were. That's they hilarious. Were, they were, and one like the guitar player from Mastodon, he's got like crazy long hair and a big gnarly beard he's a ginger yeah he looks like torman giants bane like That's no hilarious. joke but he's got a fucking tattoo on the side of his face <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's just like standing there like in the full like wildling army of the dead gear and yeah. everything and you just see like i mean you have to like really look and that's the type of cameo that i want is the one where you're like oh i didn't even notice that that was that right. guy the Ed Sheeran like, one was just it was it was so bogus, dude. Like it just sucked. It just broke the it 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 broke the whole story. It just that that whole scene took us though, out. Yeah. That whole scene didn't need to be there with all those Lannister guys. Like, and I understand that you know it's it was a way to kind of show that even though all of these highborn people are playing this game. You know the the lowborn, the the just common folk who are soldiers and shit like that. Like, cause the one guy said he's like, "Oh yeah, my wife, you know, just had a baby," and the and Ario's like, "A boy or a girl?" And he's like, "I don't know." He goes, "It's not like soldiers are getting ravens, right?" You know, and and it just it showed you that. And in this last episode that premiered last week, when Bronn was in the whorehouse with the three whores, um. The one they were talking about the Lannister soldiers who got who were who were defeated at yeah, the yeah. Field of Fire 2.0. And the one girl was like, Oh, you know, this guy was burned to death, and they say that what's left of him could fit in a in a cup or something like that. Yeah. And then the one girl was like, Oh yeah, did you see I forget what they named what what the name of him was. They were like, Did you see William? Yeah, he came back and his face was burnt off. He doesn't have eyelids anymore. Yeah. And then the other girl was like, "Was that the ginger?" Yeah. And she's like, "Yes." So Ed the she- theory is, is you Ed know, Sheeran's that 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 was Ed Sheeran's character <laughs> that they were kind of doing a little throwback or a callback to. Did Braun take the money? We don't see him take the money. Well, he dropped the he dropped that bag of money. Remember in the Field of Fire 2.0? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his scene. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. the scene where. Uh, oh my God, what's his name? Kyburn. Kyburn. Kyburn comes. Thank and you. Is, it's like that fucking family. Yeah, yeah that well, fucking family. Kyburn gave him the crossbow, and that he was gave true, him that, the crossbow. It looked like Joffrey's crossbow. It, it is Joffrey's yeah, crossbow. Yeah. So he, t- he. That's why he says that fucking family because right, he, he knows he, that crossbow. He took. He took the crossbow, which to me indicates. Well, he handed it to him. Right. So he just politely took it from Kyburn. I know, but that to but me the indicates wagon. that he gets that he's taking the money as well. And, you know, I thought about this, too, because I thought, like, okay, well, um, he can he can take the crossbow, he can take the, the, the gold, he can ride for Winterfell, 
And once he gets to Winterfell, remember what, what Tyrion has always told Bronn. He's told Bronn multiple times, whatever they're paying, I'll pay double. So he could go with the three chests of gold on the wagon. He could take all of that and go up to Kings or go up to Winterfell. And he now Jamie and Tyrion are there and he can cut a deal with the two of them. Yeah, he can just lay the gold on the ground and be like, You gotta double this. <laughs> I honestly think he's probably gonna end up cutting a deal with them. I think he I think so he too. Does, he, he likes Tyrion he likes not, Tyrion not, too much. He, he, he likes, likes both Tyr- of them yeah. too much. Too much. Yeah, he, he hates Cersei. He, he doesn't he doesn't care for Cersei. He no. likes Tyrion. He likes um Jamie. Jamie. And the the fact of the matter is that if you think if you go back to the Maggie the Frog prophecy, yep. you know that they did show they showed it for a reason. The reason up to this point is that um, Cersei has to get has, Cersei had three children, all of hair of gold, all of shrouds of gold. Yep. You know that has to this to this point that prophecy has been. 100% true. Cersei had three children, and this is another reason why I think the whole Gendry being a being a legitimate child between Cersei and uh Robert is bogus because the prophecy is that Cersei has Cersei would have three children, all of their hair would be gold. I mean, technically she abandoned the first child, so technically but she still be... she still would have had that child. Correct. She would have birthed that child and that child's hair is not yeah, of gold. You're right. So that that's a side note, but in the prophecy, you know, she, Maggie the Frog says you'd have three children. The king will have twenty. Blah blah blah. She goes through all this stuff. You wear then, the crown, and then she says something along the lines of, "You will be killed by your younger, your younger brother. brother." Which she has two. Which both of both Jamie and Tyrion are both her younger brothers. Because Jamie was a few minutes younger than. Cersei. Right. In the books, he comes out holding her foot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's all corny like that, where he like comes out holding her foot. Um, yeah. Right. It, mean, it means their bond is strong. And yeah. And they, they're strong in love. Yeah, oh, they're making the checka checka. Great babies. Everyone needs to know that I just pantomimed sex <laughs> right, right next to Skirky. I even leaned right, right on his leg. Right on his leg. Right next to me right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was actually surfing through the interwebs, and uh, the guy who plays Braun, <laughs> he did a calm app. Like he talks in a calm app to calm people down. I'm like, I'd listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that um, the actor who plays Braun, his name is Jerome Flynn. Thank you, Jerome Flynn. Jerome Flynn and the actress who plays Cersei Lannister, Lena Headey. Da- yeah, they used to date. They dated, and in their contracts, they have a clause that says they cannot be in scenes together because yeah. they don't like each other. Uh-huh. But also another fun fact about Jerome Flynn, Braun of the Blackwater, is that in the early 90s, he was in a two-man doo-wop band in England. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to listen. Yeah. Well, because he sings in the show. And he's I know. A good voice. And he does have a good voice, but there are pictures. It's very like, um, remember the musician George Michael? Yeah. His first band in the eighties was or not maybe not his first band, but his like first popular band in the eighties before he went solo was called Wham. Oh. And they were very like I mean, George Michael was was gay, but um before he was like completely out, uh 
Wham was very, very like 80s flamboyant yeah, kind yeah. of shit. And Bronze, Jerome Flynn, Bron, uh, his doo band had a very similar look of like flamboyance and <laughs> kind of cheesiness and everything. So it's just funny. really funny in that sense. But no, dude, I think, you know, Braun does not have solid loyalty. His allegiance is it's to money. He has a very liquid allegiance. You know, if he's going to align with Cersei right now and she's paying him well, I mean, when she's sending him away from King's Landing, he will be safe if he goes north. But will he be safe if he He's goes north? I mean, he could he could take the money and go down to Dorne and be like, fuck you all. Or he could get on a boat right. and go to Essos and say, fuck off. I got all the money I'll ever need. Yeah, but they're not going to do that because no, we got to see Braun. We got to see yeah. Braun of the Blackwater fight the army yeah. of the dead. Because he doesn't see the White Walker. Braun still doesn't know because True. him and Podrick go have a drink while the fancy folk talk. True. So... Yeah, Braun hasn't even seen the Army of the Dead. So he's his reality is still not even close to what everybody else's reality is. Man. Right? Pod. I'm rooting for Podrick. Not Podrick. I hope he doesn't die. If he dies, I'm going to... I feel like Brianna Tarth and Podrick are both going to die. I don't know. Brianna Tarth is going to die defending Sansa. That's my prediction for Brianna Tarth. She's going to fulfill her duty. She's going to fulfill her duty. Yeah. I feel like Arya is going to watch the Hound, the Clegane Bull. <laughs> She's gonna be. She's, she's gonna, gonna watch that Clegane Bowl, bro. <laughs> she's gonna just stand there smiling the whole time while she watches those two assholes fight. We were talking about how Brienne of Tarth is going to die defending Sansa and achieving her duty. You think so? Yeah. I just. We gotta kill so many people. Are you kidding me? Not no. everybody's safe. We just talked about how Bronn's not even safe. A lot of people are gonna die. I, I we just think, hope. I don't think anyone's safe. I mean, I don't think John's safe. I don't think Daenerys. Hell is Hell no, Johnny's no, legitimately. We're we're in a. If season. you call him Johnny one more time, I'm gonna. Dude, he's so out. angry. <laughs> he's so upset about it. Don't call him Johnny Snow. It's lame. <laughs> I didn't call him Johnny Snow. I just called him Johnny. 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 We called Danny. We called Daenerys Danny. <laughs> yeah, but what? they call her that in the show. No, yeah. they don't. The last person who called her that was her brother. No, John called her that. Yeah, she and then she shut on. that shit down. It's okay. Nobody. So since. You're called like, oh, hey, in, in respect for the show. Since you're calling me out on it again, I'll stop calling him that. It's just audibly. It's not on purpose. It's just coming out because it sounds good. I'm just fucking with you. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I don't think anybody's safe. No, I think we're all screwed. Season, last season we had safe people. We had a lot of safe people. We had safe people. Well, the 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 indestructible five are still here. Yeah, literally we still, armor. Yeah, it we was literally amazing. yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know who the indestructible five are, it's Bran, Sansa, Arya, Danny, and John. Yeah. Those are the indestructible five. They're not indestructible this season. Not this season. None no. of them are. <laughs> so Legitimately, they just took that plot armor away. Yep. They're like, All right, yeah. fend for yourself. And on that note, I think we're gonna end it because it's Easter and we got stuff to do. Stuff to do. Matt's got stuff to do. I'm, I'm like, but we are so psyched. Are you wearing a Goonie shirt? I sure am. We're Goonies, both Goonies, wearing a wow. Goonie shirt. We're so. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I almost wore this shirt on my last one-on-one interview, on oh. my last one-on-one podcast, and uh, when I got there, you were wearing the same shirt, and I was like, "Damn it! I wish I would have worn it." And I had no idea you were going to wear it today. I just I was wearing this shirt yesterday, and I when I woke up, I mean, we're recording this so early that <laughs> I woke up and I just threw on my the shirt that I was wearing yesterday, yeah. and then you walked in the door wearing your 
Your famous cardigan and t-shirt mix. The cardigan, dude. It's the cardigan. We need to have a conversation about the cardigan. We need to have a conversation about your hoodies. <laughs> Fuck, off. <laughs> Fuck off with my cardigan. <laughs> I'm the only one out of my people that I know that wears the cardigan, so yeah. I'm going to hold strong. Well, there's to a it. reason for that. It's comfy, bitch. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Side notes, side notes. Side notes. All right. Yeah. I mean, I got a, I got a crazy busy day, but I told everyone in my mine and uh, my girlfriend's family that uh, after six o'clock, I'm a ghost. Because yeah. nothing after six o'clock is important is more important than what I have going on, which is you guys coming over and Talking watching about Game this. of Thrones. And, oh, real, yeah. Continue. Sorry. Um. So yeah. That being said, I uh, I do have to wrap it up. Um. Yep. I do have a question for you both. On, what's up on the podcast? Um. Are we do we want to do a raw podcast after the last episode? Like immediately following, yeah. or like sometime during. Yeah, because we always talk about the episode after. Do we want to do a raw podcast? I mean, I think um, just do. I I I wouldn't mind doing it. I don't think leave we your can... comments below, folks. What yeah, do you want to hear? Yeah, yeah, get the get the get the people. But I don't think that it would be a well, super long one. I think maybe maybe we're looking at like forty five minutes to an hour. Right. You know, just kind of a quick recap and and oh, I mean, just how we it feel. Could, it could end up going crazy, but right? I don't could, know. I mean, well, because we wouldn't have anything to talk about any further into the show because it ended. So I, yeah, it would probably be like an hour, an hour episode if you're okay with that. We'd wrap it up, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I'd, I'd be into it. So like, do uh, an episode around the, do an episode around this time. Like the normal time that we do the Shane of Thrones yeah. episodes, and then post show we do another episode. Yeah, right? just on the last episode, just so you guys don't have to drive out to the city. And let's I don't have see to what drive. the people have to say. Comment below on all social media and like, me. follow, share, subscribe. Yeah, like, follow, share, subscribe. Hit that bell. Oh wait, I don't have a bell. <laughs> not yet. I'm not on YouTube yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, comment if you uh, want to hear that. After uh, the last episode, uh, thank you, gentlemen, again. Um, next thank week you. is going to be Purcell and uh, my thank good buddy you. Michael Obrachta. And uh, I hope you all have a good Easter. And my uh, my heart goes out to the family of the young man that uh, passed away in Bangs Lake the past couple of days, the last two days ago. Correct. Yeah. Family, my my prayers and thoughts go out to you, those. That family. And uh, hope you all have a good night. For the night is dark and full of terrors.